세라님 영어 채널도 한번 해주시겠어요? 지금 어떠세요? 그 아까 그 줄이신 것 같아요. 그 영어 채널로 말씀해 보세요. Test, test. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 
So if you ask me about advice about Huato, my personal advice is don't practice Huato for three major reasons. Okay? Number one, I'm not the best teacher for you to guide you in the Huato practice. I can, but I'm not the best because it's not my strength. Okay? Uh, if you want to practice Huato, find a teacher who's enlightened through the Huato practice, such as Master Xu Yun. When he was alive, he became enlightened through the Huato practice. Master Xinhua is no specialist in Huato practice. Okay, so that's why it shows in his explanations uh, and how to practice Huanto. I don't think is a proper. I mean, it causes problems for me personally. Okay, and so so that's why point number one is that I'm not really an expert in Huanto practice because I never practiced Huanto uh, to completion. Uh, number two, uh, number two reasons is that um, the Huanto, uh, to me, is not the most powerful Chan practice. Because I look at Master Xu Yun and where he got there, how far he got with Huanto practice. I look at some of Master Xuanhua disciples who practiced Huanto, didn't get very far, even lower in Xu Yun, Master Xu Yun. And so it tells me that the Wahato practice is not, will not take you very high, okay? Uh, from, based on the information you can find there, either through a teacher or through the online uh, um, sources, okay? And so my, I'm disappointed that I haven't seen a Wahato practitioner who's high enough Okay, and therefore, it's to me like if I want to go and do something, I want, to, I want to know how far I can go with this and how far people have gone with this method. And to me, Mashishi uh, in level 8th uh, ground Bodhisattva is too low to, to, uh, to brag about. Okay, so to me, uh, with the existing Huato instructions. Uh, I met some of my Shenhua's disciples who practiced Huato to, uh, successfully, and uh, the level is not high either. Okay, and and so I'm personally not impressed with the Huato because it won't bring you very far. Okay, uh, and its weakness is that it, ha it's n it doesn't allow you to have a good handle on how to reach higher levels. That method in itself, it, you know, most teachers don't have a good handle on how to get there. So Master Xi Yun practiced by himself and he didn't get very far and therefore his instructions on the Huato and Chan actually are very, very Uh, standardized, if you will, okay? And so I feel that, so number two problem is that I don't feel you can get very far. I haven't seen a teacher who's high enough in the Huato practice to say, I would say, I would love to follow you because I, I'd love to get your help, okay? That's what Chan teachers are supposed to do for you guide you in your practices. So, for example, w practically what it means is if you, f for example, follow Master Xu Yun, okay, it's a practice of Huato because he, he got to eighth ground, uh, Bodhisattva, eighth ground level. So we get, if you, you, along the way, when you get to that level, he can help you when he's still alive. Uh, but when you try to surpass him, go further, he who probably will be in the way. He will stop you because he will give you the wrong instructions. That's not what, what happened. Uh, so, uh, so his disciples, I noticed, for example, are the one I saw, the one I'm aware of, and I know of, low level. They never could reach Master Xi Yun's level. 
Okay. And so, and because at his level in particular, he doesn't really have the skills to guide students yet. Okay. It's a rather complicated thing in a China world, how to teach child. All right. So that's reason number two. I don't feel that the current knowledge base of the Huato practice will bring you very far. Okay. Uh, and uh, num number three uh, reason, the third reason, uh, is that to me, it's too slow. It's too slow of a child practice to... I'm disappointed when the child masters make a, made a big deal after the Huato practice because it's very, very slow. They say uh, this is a certain enlightenment practice and it's very powerful. People can, you know, the one I heard, you know, in the, in the folklore of the China world, a person became enlightened in half an hour. And I said, that's very slow. Seriously? Why do you have to wait, do it for half an hour? In the China world, there's something called certain enlightenment, certain teaching. This is all it takes. Okay? And so, because the Huato practice itself has to go through a certain procedure so that you pick up momentum and then you, and then, and it happens. It's that, therefore, that process right there to me is very slow. And maybe I'm wrong because I never practiced before from the people I talked to, from the people I observed, and from the people that explain Huato, like including Master Xinhua. I look at them and said, no, that practice is too slow. So personally, I'm not impressed with Huato. Okay. And so if you want to practice Huato, uh, final reason, number four reason, is that it requires dedication. You have to do it 24 hours a day. You cannot, you cannot afford interruptions. Okay, meaning that you do Huato, that's all you do, Huato, Huato, whatever you do, do Huato, and then, and then any kind of disruption will be detrimental to your, to your progress. So I know some people who started with the Huato and then eventually switched because it's too demanding, especially for people who will lead a normal life, uh, it, uh, it's not possible. You cannot afford to do Huato and go to work and come back and do the Huato. It doesn't work like that. Okay? And that's why Huato, to me, is so limited, so narrow of a methodology of child practice. And I really fail to understand why the Chinese or the Koreans or the Japanese are so high on the Huato. Too slow, too narrow too strict and not practical for the Dharma adding age. And I'm, I don't know why even the patriarchs promoted Huato at all in China. For Master Xu Yun to promote Huato to me is not good for our generation. Okay, so that's why uh, I personally uh, feel compelled to tell people that do not practice Huato because it's not really appropriate for our era at all. If you want to, uh, you want to, to practice Huato, I go into isolation for three months, a year, three years, you practice Huato, then you get a lot out of it. But then in a month or three years, a year or three years, you dedicate to your child practice, you can get a lot further without Huato. Okay, so why? Why would you practice Huato? I wouldn't recommend it, that's all. Especially for lay people who have to go to work, have a family to take care of. It's definitely not Huato. You practice, and then your mom calls and says, Hey, I just had a fight with daddy. Can you ignore that? 
See, there's a lot of issues right there. You have to drop everything when you practice Huato. Anyone else has a different opinion, an idea? You can disagree. I'm just expressing my personal opinion, and I, and especially I haven't really fully practiced Huato. So, yes, six. Uh, thank you, Master, for <clears throat> the detailed explanation. That could potentially save me from a lot of time wasted. Um, so, could you elaborate on what specific methods then could bring people to higher levels and faster than Huato? Thank you. Okay, what method? Um, in our at our temples, I favor certain teaching methods. Uh, we are lineage, by the way, where would I? Uh, Greatly admire because that's where I, I find I found the most uh, information, the most training information. The, I received the most influence from two great teachers, uh, Master Xuanhua, Master Wei Shan, and so forth. Uh, and so, and so, uh, I find them to be uh, to be uh, a lot more advanced in training than than, uh, than uh, the other um, teachers get. That's why, I, I, to be f honest, uh, I don't know the other sects that well. I know a little bit, I know a little about, about uh, Linji, Rinzai in Japanese, or Lamte in Vietnamese, and uh, whatever Korean is. It's no Korean here today. Oh, wow, go for it. Now all of a sudden, all the Koreans here disappeared. Okay, and so uh, so I I I had some exposure to to Rinzai and Linji. I'm totally unimpressed with Rinzai and Linji. Okay, because through my Vietnamese teacher, through the various Japanese and Korean uh, teachers, I find the Linji style of training primitive. Okay, um, too narrow. Well. And so, in, in contrast, for example, in Wei Yang lineage, I'm aware of one case where uh, Master Wei Shan taught a Chan master the Huato, okay, a young kid who's a smart Alex, so he, he's very erudite. He's just like you guys who like to read and want to research and do and find everything or whatever. And this guy, that, that, uh, that Chan, uh, young Chan uh, student was like that too. And he, he was even a monk. And so, so uh, he, he was very, uh, very uh, knowledgeable about all the, uh, the, uh, the sutras and so forth. Okay. And, and very erudite. And that's Huato is perfect for that guy. So I know one case where I would use that Huato. Okay, and that's beautiful how Master Wei Shan used Huato to teach him. And it turns out uh, he taught the Huato because that guy also practiced under, under Master Wei Shan's master as well, but didn't get anywhere. Okay, so Master Wei Shan practiced Chan under Master Bai Chan. And he wasn't enlightened, so he followed. Uh, he, he went to Master Wei Shan's uh, temple and practiced under him because um, Wei Shan was uh, Master, Wei, Master Wei Shan was the heir uh, to Master Bai Chang. Okay. Uh, anyway, the Dharma heir supposedly, and so he came to practice in the under Master Wei Shan. Master Wei Shan, after a while, he said, "I tell you what, here's a Huato. He should be practicing." Okay. And uh, the guy could not solve the Huato, so he left. He left, he says, my life is meaningless. My knowledge of sutras and all the Buddhism, Buddha Dharma is completely junk. It cannot help me become enlightened. So he left. And so he, that's, and then he spent his entire life looking into the Huato that Master Wei Shan gave him. And that's, Typical of the Huato practice, you have to drop everything. Career, family, everything. Okay, and after a while, he became enlightened for the Huato. That's why I chuckled and said, gee, Master Wei Shan is so cruel 
for idiots who are so scholarly, who are keen upon upon the uh, sutra knowledge and so forth. Uh, uh, they're perfect for such people. So if for such people come to me, I would imitate Master Weisha and teach them what though. Otherwise, for you who are much better, <laughs> I feel most of my disciples are better suited to the uh, other practices that we've been preaching here at the temple. Okay, yeah. We, we practice a lot of different Dharma doors um, because uh, each Dharma door by itself is good at helping you solve certain obstructions where others are not. You see, in the spiritual path, the reason that guy had to spend like several years of his life after Master Weishan gave him a wato because he had to, he had a lot of obstructions and he couldn't solve them. So that's why he wandered and wandered. He said he gave up in this area, and then he wandered the next area, and he gave up because he said, I'm getting nowhere. So he, wand he kept on wandering, wandering, wandering. Whereas in our environment, uh, we are more, our style is more on if you have a problem, very much like we in Wei Yang lineage. Yesterday we talked about how Master Wei Shan trained Master Yang Shan because he saw where Yang Shan was stuck. And he, Yang Shan, could not fix it himself. So Master Wei Shan waited patiently, waited for the opportunity, okay, to until it's the eleventh month of lunar year when it's cold. And then Master Wei Shan said, "Is it cold, or is it people cold?" Okay. So see, that's the difference. The teacher patiently waits and waits and waits because because he knows that. Why you stuck? But it's not the right time to help you fix yet. That's what happened to that Xiangyin, uh, uh, the 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 Hui, uh, the Huato, uh, student of Master Wei Shan. He didn't have any. He didn't believe in anyone. He said Master Wei Shan taught him because he said he said uh, teach, uh, uh, teach me something about Chan. Master Wei Shan said, okay, I teach you this. If you think you know about everything, fix. Answer uh, my question, okay? And and uh, and uh, that uh, that guy Xiang Yin, I think uh, Xiang Yin, I don't remember. Uh, and the guy is very proud of himself. It's nothing. Any question about Buddhism that you ask me, I cannot answer. But Master Wei Shan asked him a question. It's outside of the sutras. That's so he went back and looked up all the sutras he found and could not find the answer. It drove him crazy. He said, I'm the expert. I'm, there's no one who knows more about sutras and Buddhism than I do, Buddhist principles than I do. So he, he was obsessed. He said, this cannot be. I'm very proud. So he went around and said, I give up. Okay? I burned all his books. He burned everything. He left and said, nothing I have is worth anything. So he left and wandered around and thinking about it all day. <laughs> you know, he walked around like a crazy man. Okay? And, and that's his problem. He insists on figuring out his, how to overcome his obstructions. And that's a very poor way of practicing Chan. Chinese secret. You Chinese or you Taiwanese? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Okay. Uh, the, the secret on a Chinese Chan, that's by far the best secret, best kept secret, that no one, even the Chinese, pay it, pays, the Chinese pay attention anymore. anymore. Vietnamese don't have it. Koreans have a little bit of that. Japanese certainly don't have it. Okay, only the Chinese have it. Back then, at Master Shenhua's time, that is, you want to practice Chan, you follow a master. That's it. That's the secret. And no one does it anymore in China. Everyone now follows the the famous master or uh, look things online. Is even a very big temple in China that I heard very popular, very big. 
they have all sorts of programs of Buddhism, and they spend a lot of money developing a AI robot to teach Buddhism. <laughs> and you know how much money they spend on doing that? I'm, ta- I'm sure millions of dollars. I'm sure they, they have huge temple, real famous, so they have a lot of donors, a lot of support, supporters who would do anything to propagate Buddhism, you know, in China too. It's fantastic. And guess what? They spend, invested so much money into developing an AI robot that can answer questions for you when you ask him questions about Buddhism. See, even in China nowadays, the land of the Chan, the origin of the Chan school is totally confused. Okay? Uh, and, so, and so maybe it's manifested by the fact that even Master Xinhua, when he practiced Chan, he could not follow a teacher himself. Okay? And that's the way Yang style. Uh, but uh, so I feel that the, the quintessential Chinese Chan is very simple. Follow your good no advisor. That's all. So it implied in there you find the best good no advisor possible. Okay, you hang on for dear life. And that is contrary to the Huato practice. That's why to me Huato is really inferior Chan practice. Uh, yes, you too. Thank you, Master. We have two YouTube questions. Yes. And I would like to express my sincere gratitude to our YouTube audience joining us today. If you are benefiting from this Dharma talk, please consider liking, subscribing, and hitting the bell for notifications. This improves our YouTube algorithm and helps others benefit as well. First question from T.S. Geppetto. Do all Chan Full Lotus practitioners walk around with a semi-permanent dent in their thighs from their foot digging into the muscle from hours of sitting a day? Do they also suffer from redness and nasty breakouts in this area? Not all, but most. So it's a good point. If the, the full lotus practice itself will probably uh, leave some marks on the skin. So if you are concerned about that, especially in the summertime when you need to go to the beach, I will not practice full, full lotus. Okay? I would uh, actually, uh, I would practice a um, a, uh, a lighter version of Full Lotus where actually you don't go deep anymore, you do shallow and you do and, and you, 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 do, you avoid longer sits that's all if you're concerned about the skin uh, thing uh, because I for example uh, my ankle it has, a, has a, a discoloration or a coloration if you will Kind of dark. You could call it permanent, uh, a permanent uh, uh, tan. <laughs> Only one spot. <laughs> so yes, yes, uh, yes, it's true. You, if uh, you ladies or especially actresses and I don't know what not, you like influencers and so forth, need to take photos of yourself, your legs, your ankles and so forth. Uh, I would not practice full lotus. Question number two. Thank you, Master. Uh, Second question from Empty Mirror. Amitofo Master, in the Repentance Dharma, there is a part that says, Guanwei Kongji Zhong, translated to, 
Contemplation refers to the emptiness and illusion within. Can you please explain this? The context is, this scripture contains the names of all Buddhas. The names are dependent on their bodies, and the bodies arise from contemplation. Contemplation refers to the emptiness and illusion within. What's the Chinese, uh, what's the exact Chinese for that? I'm sorry, uh, my Chinese has an accent, and therefore I uh, cannot recognize uh, the pronunciation. He put Guan Wei Kong Jia Zhong. Guan what? Guan Wei Kong Jia Zhong. Guan Wei, what way? What way? What is the uh, character for? Usu Wei the way. Guan Wei Kong Jia Zhong. In which repentance now? Uh, in the repentance dharma. Which repentance dharma? I think it's in the contemplation part. Of where? Are we talking about great compassion repentance? Are talking about the water repentance? Are we talking about Emperor Liang's repentance? Uh, Liang's repentance. Uh, which repentance are we talking about? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, Venerable Xinxin. Um, sorry, Master, the question doesn't contain those details. We can, uh, I'll let you know if he responds. Okay. Mm. But anyway, mm. that's um, barking up the wrong tree. You know, we do. When you do repentance, uh, you don't need to uh, to tr try to understand uh, that uh, those specific words. Okay, uh, when you do repentance, uh, uh, it's very effective. If you simply recite it, and you don't need to understand. Okay, why not? Because. Um, it's supposed to, repentance is supposed to help you reduce thinking, not uh, ask more questions, okay? So if you do, when you do the repentance, if you understand some things, uh, that's okay. You don't understand others, it's okay too. So it's perfectly okay to ask questions about the exact, uh, the, uh, the things that you don't understand, and I'm glad you did. However, uh, I don't have the context, so I can't help you. Number two, number one, number two, I don't know your level unless you hear and look at you and say, "Oh, I should be talking to you about this." Okay, but if you say you are somewhere in the cloud or somewhere in Russia, and I ask myself, "Why should I help you?" I am kidding. <laughs> okay, so you have you have you know if you. Uh, uh, there is, there, at times, I need to answer based on the uh, level of the person who asked the questions, okay, and how relevant it is to the people who are, that I can see, so that I'm not wasting people's time. Uh, so that's why, to me, uh, it's a lot more involved than simply answering a question as a yes or no, or maybe, uh, it's, uh, it's a has, the answer has to be useful for the people involved, present. I don't have the wisdom to worry about the few people in the future. I will, be, I will settle with the people who are present because my interest is primarily to help you who I get to see. I get to be able to influence you to improve quickly, okay? Because uh, time is of the essence. So that you can live a fuller life, live a happier life, you can live uh, uh, a, a commendable life instead of living in confusion like I used to, and not knowing where to turn, and not 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 uh, knowing that you know, you, sh 
uh, that knowing that you are unhappy or uh, um, not content, but you don't know what to do about it. There's anything that you can do about it. Uh, and Chan will fix all those issues. Yes, you too. Thank you, Master. I have a question on a completely different topic, if that's okay. I guess so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yesterday I saw the movie Oppenheimer. And um, see, I know... Is, oh, I should uh, see movies more often, too. So I will uh, subscribe to uh, a premiere kind of thing. <laughs> I have to say, AMC has really stepped up their, their chair game. The chair was so comfortable. Um, it was a three-hour movie. I was in no could pain. Could you stay I was awake? Wait, wait, wait. When, you, when you, I hear comfortable, could you stay awake? That's my problem when it's too comfortable. I cannot. Yeah, I mean, if it was a boring movie, I would have been in danger of dozing off, but it was also very loud and uh, very cinematic, so it was an immersive experience. Well, we have different experiences. I, can I sh relate with you before you ask the question? Because before you know, we get too deep into the Dharma itself, which is, it is simply gossiping, okay? Uh, Thank I you, remember, I mean, I'm a loyal James Bond fan. <laughs> I have always been, okay? And so when I heard that um, uh, Craig, uh, Daniel Craig, is one of the, the, my favorite uh, James Bond, the other being, uh, what's his game? Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Thank you very much. I know some connoisseur here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so, so Daniel Craig is such a great, did such a great job uh, playing James Bond that when I heard he was his last James Bond movie, like No Time to Die something, I got really emotional. Okay, so I said, I have to say proper goodbye to my James Bond. So I went out to an AMC theater as well, okay, and had to wait in line for, you know, for the movie to start. And I got into the theater. I sat down and said, whoa, this is heavenly. <laughs> the, the chairs, it's like a bed, a five-star you know, five hotel bed. And you, you, know, you sit down and you like, sort of like sink into it. And it, 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 it hugs you. <laughs> So I couldn't stay awake. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I don't know about you. I don't know how you people to stay awake. Did you have some aids, such as coffee or booze or something, or no? You know, uh, yes, Master, they... You know, they have over a thousand varieties of soda available to you in these amazing self-service fountains. I see. Uh, I should have got them because I only got the uh, bucket of uh, uh, popcorn yeah. and Coke. I mean, Pepsi. <laughs> Damn Coke. <laughs> okay, continuing. Yes, with your question. Yes, sir. Thank you, Master. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, for those who are not familiar with, um, with who Oppenheimer is, he's the scientist who led the project during World War II to develop the atom bomb. And there's a lot of uh, similarities and connections uh, between what Oppenheimer did with the atom bomb, uh, you know, uh, 70 years ago, 80 years ago now, and what um, what scientists are developing with AI now, thinking of it as a very similar uh, situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, specifically for Oppenheimer, while he and the scientists developed the bomb, they did not drop the bomb. Um, that's a distinction that's made. So I'm not, so my first question is, does the killing karma apply to them? 
And then my second question is for, uh, for scientists and engineers developing AI today, are they also responsible for any karma that their AI generates? Thank you, Master. Hmm. Uh, let me see. So the Oppenheimer uh, invented the atomic bomb, the A-bomb, but uh, the, intent, the intention was not to get back at the, 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 the Germans for killing uh, his own kind, the Jews. Yes? Uh, so he never intended to be as a, as a form of retaliation, uh, getting even. Um, so primarily for scientific purposes. So, uh, but later uh, was used differently. The parallel could be like uh, Mr. Uh, Nobel. Hmm? He invented dynamite, um, and uh, and uh, and uh, he became very rich. And later, uh, he regretted the misuses of the of his uh, his invention, and he created that prize called the Nobel Prize for peace. Okay, so you see, you draw upon the analogy, and you see that can we also say that Mr. Nobel should be, is he responsible for the bad use of his invention or not as well. So you have history of mankind is rife with, uh, with uh, many such examples. So what are we supposed to do, to do? Are we supposed to be as a professional, as a creator, whether it's AI, whether it's uh, uh, new batteries for the AV, uh, okay? Mm. Uh, if it's used beyond our imagination, are we responsible for it? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Usually, what I understand is in terms of cause and effect, is that you uh, you there's a connect, direct connection between if you intend to do it, then you are responsible whether you do it with your own hands or through indirectly through, through someone else, you still are responsible, okay? But if you never have the intention to utilize it that way, are you responsible? Uh, I don't know, okay? It is not clear to me in terms of Buddhism uh, what the Buddhist teachings would say. I study a little bit about the uh, precepts. I went to Taiwan to learn about the precepts, but we never dug into, never had a chance to dig into the actual teaching regarding this type of issue. So to be honest with you, I don't know is my answer, okay? Uh, however, if you ask you for to force me and then say, uh, uh, but uh, if uh, you must give me an answer because I can't find, you cannot, you don't have a chance to go to learn Vinaya and don't find, cannot find a master you, that, uh, that you could trust to give you a good answer because this is more modern of an issue. And I would say then, then even though you're not 100% responsible, if you created that, that uh, monster thing there. You are able to benefit from the great things that it's put to use, even beyond your imagination, your intentions. For example, if you, uh, you, 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 he, uh, Oppenheimer created the, the atomic bomb, okay? And, but with the atomic uh, uh, technology, He's able to help with the power generation and so forth, okay? So even though he never intended it to be the case, he still benefits from, from the good uses of his invention, okay? You cannot take it away from him, even though he never intended it, okay? So he's got a share of the goodness created from that technology. Similarly, he also must be must bear the burden on the misuses of the technology as well. Okay? And so uh, if you ask me and you force me to give you an answer because, because uh, I, don't, I cannot cite the exact source or reference or can tell you I've seen, the, I've learned that concept myself already. So I'm, 
extrapolating what I know, okay? So that's why I'm cautious about this. I would, I would feel that he's still responsible. Maybe not 100%, but really, really, he still bears a burden. Both the goodness as well as the bad things that arise from his work. It's just the, it applies to me, to me, this is, applies to everything in life. Okay, uh, whether it's invention, whether it's like, uh, like uh, myself teaching you, training you, uh, helping you build your kung fu, and then for you to go out there and put it to good use, solving uh, problems at work, improving your family life, improving people's lives through your charity work, through your contributions, okay? Uh, you get the, all the good benefits as well as I get part of it as well, okay? And, and similarly, if you use your knowledge, use your skill, use your strength uh, to benefit yourself at the expense of others, manipulate others because you're smarter, you're faster, uh, to get your way and you have no regard for people's welfare, all you care about is yourself, okay? I've trained such people, okay? Uh, and, and I realize that, yeah, yeah, because when you, as you go through this, this, uh, this uh, spiritual uh, process, there's always a balance. Uh, there's always an evil side of you and the good side of you. Yeah. It's about personal choice. As long as you choose right to, if you choose to stay on the good side, okay, then you progress a lot quicker. If you choose to stay on the evil side, you progress. You're still progressing, but much slower. Okay? Uh, and so we cannot simply say, because you're evil, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to throw you out. Buddhas did not behave that way. Buddhas taught heavenly demons, heavenly demon kings, okay? And he said, after he, he taught them, he says, go back to your world, okay? And quietly help your own kind, okay? So meaning they, they go back and they do evil things, and then at the same time, helping some of their own kinds, you see? So that's cultivation. Cultivation is always a mixture. But however, personally, if I feel you know, I feel that uh, is at some point in time where you, as my uh, disciples, decide to only do evil. That's when it stops, when the relationship is severed. I will cut your head off. I will no longer support you, and I will make sure that your skills that I help develop okay, will not, cannot be used to hurt others. So because why? Because I feel responsible. Because before, you, are, you, you cannot hurt, you only hurt your family, hurt your children, okay? But now you have the skills to hurt a lot more people because, because the so-called wisdom will help you develop. Huh? Wisdom meaning you have a greater impact on society. So I hope the impact is a positive, is a good thing. It's intended for good use to benefit society and mankind. And, and womankind, okay, not to, not for you to only serve your self-interest at the expense of others. That is a big no-no for us, okay, for me personally. Uh, and therefore, therefore, I feel responsible, okay. Uh, I feel responsible uh, if, uh, if, uh, uh, if uh, you do bad things, uh, I feel responsible. So that's why I still bear the burden. Uh, even though my intention was never to train people to go and cause problems to others and hurt others. Okay? Uh, we have no control over that. Okay? So regardless, I'm still responsible. So I feel that you take that and you go to take the, uh, extrapolate to Oppenheimer and, uh, and so forth. Uh, I feel that they still are responsible, okay? Uh, I can only speak for myself. I'm not here to pass judgment on Oppenheimer or anyone else, okay? Because it's not, 
black and white, okay? And therefore, for me to condemn those things, I'm not qualified to do that. Yes, Wei Mountain. Oh, Master, just give more information about this. Um, I study a lot about Oppenheimer because it is part of my major as a physicist. Um, so he, uh, at that time, a lot of people, a lot of scientists was forced to go to Los Alamos, New Mexico, to uh, develop this kind of atomic bomb. And I read in one of his phrases after he, at first, he think that the first bomb that dropped to Hiroshima was um, a way that to end the war, and then the second bomb was dropped. That's when he failed. He told Truman, the president, that uh, there's blood in his hand, and then the president disapproved of him because he feel that um, the man is kind of baby, and the war is supposed to be. Uh, dying and there's supposed to be blood and he take it back and Truman president saying that the blood is actually more on his hand than to that but then with these two atomic bomb it uh, stopped the war world war ii ended the world war ii and saved probably more american however on the other hand it killed a lot of japanese so in this case how do the comic offenses tabulated and how, how do we responsible or the physicists who um, created that atomic bomb unintentionally or intentionally um, responsible for the kind of comic that he created, they created by inventing this atomic bomb? Yeah, um, all the people who are involved in a process who have to bear the burden, both for the bad things and also can take credit for the good things. Like everything in life, there's always plus and minuses. It's never only pure goodness or pure evil, okay? And so uh, everyone will be, have to uh, t have, uh, take the share, uh, get the share of all the, the good benefits as well as the damages that are, that are created by this process, by these inventions, okay? Uh, and and uh, very much like in our world too, you know, my, my teacher uh, can get benefit from the good things that he did for his entire life to what he, the great things he did and great things his, his disciples did during his lifetime. And now he still is responsible for the bad things his disciples are doing. Very much is, it's uh, for everyone must bear responsibilities, that's all. Okay, yeah. Uh, yes, Wei Mountain. Master, uh, in Buddhism, we're taught to uh, let go of our attachments to uh, uh, lesson or suffering, at least. And, uh, and usually when we think about attachments, we th people talk about attachments, they talk about it in terms of uh, desires for whatever it is, material things, food, sex, whatever. But in a previous um, teaching, you discussed um, how mindfulness practice, in doing that, you're still attached to concepts. And that insight led me to realize that attachments is a more broader concept than just desire for food and so on and so forth. Um, so could you explain further what attachments really are and how do we let go of them? It's not enough time to answer, try to answer to you what attachments are. It would uh, take uh, me uh, longer to explain enough to you than you have time, uh, you have enough time to listen in your lifetime. Okay? Uh, and, and so uh, this, this is, therein lies the essence of the, the Buddhist uh, teachings. 
Buddhist teaching is not just uh, concepts like uh, reducing attachment and so forth. Yes, that's for babies. That's for scholars. That's for uh, people who, uh, who are average. But for us, it's actually different. Mm. Because let's face it, let's face it. Uh, if uh, we talk about reducing attachments, the first question that comes to my mind is that I have too many. I don't have enough time to remove all the attachments. Okay, it's not enough time. I don't have the strength to do that, and and and, uh, and I don't have the patience to do that. Okay, and so therefore, if you are a Buddhist teacher and say you have to reduce your attachment, I said. Seriously? I have too many attachments. And I'm, it's so sad. I never had, wasn't able to ask a teacher that. Okay? Those who try to tell me that I'm a, I'm a master of you, you know, Buddhism by reducing attachment, let go of attachment, I said, which ones? Am I not entitled to do that? I mean, seriously, I stick a time to come here and listen to you teach the Dharma, and I cannot ask you a question when you ask me, reduce your attachment. I say, which ones? And I don't know why it was never asked to the Chinese teachers and Vietnamese teachers and Korean teachers and Sri Lankan teachers, and they all talk about the Four Noble Truths, the Six Paramita and so forth, and, you know, and universal worthies of vows and so forth, and go into Pure Land and so forth. We have to reduce attachments. It's so fundamental to me. Which one should I let go? I have a lot. Okay? And therein lies, lies the, the wisdom of the teacher. If you learn from you, you read, you read, and you say, okay, attachment, I need to let go, makes sense. Intuitively, it makes sense. I carry too much luggage. I can't get very far. I don't know if you work out or not. You know, you try to do the farmer's carry. You carry two weights on your arms like this. How, far, how long can you go? Less than two minutes, let me tell you. <laughs> and if you go longer, it's because, only because you, 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 your weight is too light. Okay, you see the point? The point here is that, is that there's only so much you can do, so much you can carry, okay, for you. In your journey to wisdom, to enlightenment. You cannot say, I'm going to drop all everything, because enlightenment does not require you to drop everything. <laughs> they didn't tell you that either, right? They all say, detach. And everyone's so frightened. I say, oh, which one do I detach? Money, my woman, <laughs> my child, <laughs> my job, huh? my mother. If I drop my mother, then I'm unfilial. Huh? I drop my child, I'm irresponsible. Hmm? You see, which one do I drop? And that's a problem. Okay, so, so the question about detaching or letting go of your attachment has more to do with which one should I let go for me than unfold my wisdom. The process is that we have too many attachments that prevent us from getting to a land, the promised land. Which one should I let go? Which one, which one can I keep for my journey? Should be the question that the Buddhist disciples ask their teachers. And you know what? The Asians are sheeps. He said, ah, I don't dare ask the master because the master gets offended. And he will he'll not allow me to come to his temples anymore. I'll be banned for life. Good God. Then go to Christianity. Who cares? If your master is like that, you know, there are plenty of teachers who are non-Buddhists are much better. Okay. So anyway, so you see, uh, so 
it's not so much about detaching. It's about, I, I repeat, it's about which ones should I let go? Which ones are stopping me from making progress? All right, and therein lies for you, Chan, future Chan masters, I need you to realize the importance of something my master never taught his disciples, that you need to recognize people's level, develop their ability, recognize people's level because that's how you help them. Recognize which ones to let go. That's your responsibility. You take your job seriously enough. It's not about knowing a lot of sutras, okay? Mm. In a China world, it's about helping you letting go of the things that are stopping you. And that requires you to recognize people's level. Okay? Mm. You need to look at the person at your student's level and say, ah, this is why you are very much like Master Shan looking at Yang Shan. He says, hmm, you have this problem. I can't tell you about it yet. Until it's time, until it's the 11th month of the lunar year. See that? And that's the job of a teacher. He patiently waits and waits and waits. And that's, that's why, you know, we are so, so lucky that we're able to find this, this treasure trove of Master yeah, Wei Shan's teaching, training of Master Yang Shan. It's, in, it's beautiful. You know, I'm so grateful for all the help and all the effort you guys put into it to help bring this to light and we can all learn from it and discuss it and learn from each other. It's so beautiful. Okay, uh, so again, I emphasize, monks and nuns, it's your responsibility. I need you to understand the importance of that because my master never taught my generation. You know, it's your responsibility. Uh, if you really take your job seriously, you have to recognize people's levels. You don't, do not teach. Teach under someone else who can recognize it, okay? until you have, you're able to recognize it. Yes, Wei Mountain. No more questions? Yes. Go for us. It sounds so international, you know? <laughs> Jukong. <laughs> yes, six. Master, could you speak more of uh, you can be enlightened with attachment? Yes, absolutely. Here's what happens. This happens to all my disciples, myself. Uh, hopefully someday we'll understand better how to prevent this problem. But so far I have this problem. Remember we have this sea of attachments? And if you let the, or looking at all this, this, uh, this uh, ocean of attachment overwhelm you, then you're not the only one, okay? So what we found a way in Wei Yang lineage is that we find a way to help you develop narrow path, beat a narrow path to enlightenment. And enlightenment is tomorrow, by the way, one in Enlightenment Day. Please come, uh -huh. okay? Uh, a little commercial. So you beat a path. You meet a path to enlightenment, okay? And it's arduous path. There's no two ways about it. And so, and that path is, consists of the, the specific attachment you need to let go. But once you get there, okay? You remember, this is very narrow path, okay? You still carry a lot of luggage, baggage you need to undo. But guess what? When you get there, then you look at yourself. You say, oh, I still have carried this baggage. Poof, you throw it out so much easier. So that's what happens. That's one of, uh, one of the anecdotes in a Wei Yang lineage. I think maybe you should discuss it uh, next, next, uh, next week. A real long one. Okay? 
And that's what happens. So it's year six. Thank you, Master. That, that, that's a really beautiful explanation. Um, so just to um, add to it, so that means when we talk about, for example, yesterday we talked about the three uh, truths. The first one is the emptying, the truth of emptying, kong di. So yes. um, emptiness. So it doesn't really mean uh, when you say you have get there, you have that choose, like because for enlightenment person you have all of the three, right? The first one is the emptying. So even you S same thing, yes. Even you you are there, it doesn't mean the emptying choose. You still have a lot of attachments. So a lot of things are not empty to you. Yeah. That's why I indirectly told you. Okay, you may get there, you may be in line already, but you still have a lot of baggage. So what does Let's that face it. For, in order for you to become enlightened, if you say, I want to become enlightened, let me drop my husband, let me drop my children, let me drop my mom, let me drop my dad. If you do that, they'll be the first one who will become the biggest obstacle in your spiritual practice. Say, you ungrateful bitch. I mean... You see what I mean? So you're creating, you're creating more obstruction for yourself by dropping the wrong things. That's what people don't think about. They don't say, I drop things. But if, what if you drop the wrong ones? Now they become a big obstruction for you. Before it's just a blip, now it's all of a sudden it's a mountain. And that's called cultivation. So what, you still have questions? We're all hungry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So what does it mean when uh, someone, when you say someone sees emptiness, even if there's still the the, the emptiness? So the that emptiness is limited to the narrow path, and then there's still other baggage. But what does it make someone see emptiness versus not? When they're in samadhi. Thank you, Master. Okay, we stop here today. Thank you very much. And someday we'll get to the song of enlightenment, I promise. <laughs> it's been months now. <laughs> it's last disgusting. <laughs>